Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be discussing Monday's interview with Emily Flippin, who works at an organization called The Motley Fool. She talked about her experiences in her education and early career that have shaped her today as she is a young professional working to grow her career. And joining me back in the studio today to discuss the interview are my friends and fellow leaders, Allie Rexford and Cody Coleman. So what did y'all think about the interview with Emily on Monday? I really enjoyed listening to Emily's interview and thinking back over, I thought the general theme was your very last question of whether we should ask why or why not. And she was really big on asking why not, because it's proactive. Um, and she's really big on the idea of going after opportunities and not being afraid to fail. Yeah. Cody, how about you? I also really, really enjoyed that interview. Emily talked about a couple of concepts that I, I really liked. One was the opportunities. The other was that half of life is just showing up. And that has that has proven to be so true in my life. And that's something that I kind of live by. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you are that person who shows up and then you try just a little bit harder, you really set yourself <laughs> right. apart. You know, it, no it, it, it seems like these days it doesn't take much. You know, you go into a restaurant, you go into some sort of company, and there are a lot of people there that just want to do the bare minimum yep. or less. That's right. If you just do what you're supposed to do, and do it a little bit better than you really set yourself apart in the long run. Yep. So one of the things that the Motley Fool does is they, they help people out with personal finance. And that's obviously part of Emily's job at the Motley Fool. And the reason this is important is because finances are something that people don't like to think about and talk about because they just don't always understand them. So to that end, are there things in your life that you feel like you know a lot about, at least more than others? And it's an area that you can help people in as they're growing. Yeah. You're smiling right now. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah. Uh, this is kind of my life because I am a mathematician and I, I know a lot about math. Okay. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I feel like I do. And not a whole lot of people are, are fans of math. Yeah. Like everybody you talk to is like, Oh, I hate math. It's like, I, I did so bad in my math class in high school. My math teacher was awful, blah, blah, blah. But like, like, you know, people taking college courses and all this stuff. Like, I I so much enjoy helping people um, through their math problems because, I mean, I enjoy the subject personally. Yeah. But being able to, you know, have the knowledge and the background to be able to help those people anyway, that's, just, that's really cool. It's yeah. really fun. It's nice to, to feel like you know what you're talking about. And sometimes there are things that we're good at, but right. it's so natural to us that we don't even think about it. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, like, what is that thing for me? You probably have something, but you may just not realize it because right. it's so second nature to you. It's kind of like breathing in, breathing out. But to other people, right. it's super challenging. Yep. Allie, anything like that for you? I think similar to Cody, I majored in accounting in college, which is 
yep. something that is very intimidating <laughs> to people. I don't particularly love math, but accounting is mostly just add, subtract, multiply, divide, just much more organizational. And just people get scared when thinking about taxes and stock mm-hmm. and bonds. And I found that it is hard to explain it to people just because I have to see it and just work a problem. But talking about it can be more difficult. But a lot of people would ask me to help them with homework or ask me questions about their accounting class. And it was just natural to me to to know a lot about it and be able to do it. And I imagine that outside of college and accounting classes, you probably don't have a lot of people coming up and asking you random accounting <laughs> questions. I could be wrong no. about that. <laughs> Walking through Kroger checkout. It's like, oh, what are you doing today? Oh, Which, no. Allie, you are a huge fan of Kroger, right? Love Kroger. Uh, Went through yesterday just to walk around. (laughs) So I I had a year of accounting classes in college, and that was enough for me. And it's true. All it is is addition and subtraction and all that. It's not complicated math. Yeah, but you have numbers on each side, and they're supposed to go somewhere, but it's so hard to make them match up. (laughs) Another thing that Emily talked about was just taking risks, putting yourself out there. And I think it's interesting to think about times in our lives when we've had opportunities to take risk and how we responded. And part of that's important because if we haven't responded as well in the past, it kind of mentally prepares us for the next time that we have something come up in our lives that we're not quite sure how to respond to. A situation where we've not responded to before, but it's like, oh, wait, I remember last time there was a risk before me. I didn't respond how I wanted. How am I going to do it this time? But sometimes we actually do accept risks and we take new opportunities when they come our way. So is there ever a time in your life when you were presented with a risk or a challenge and you knew that it was going to be tough, you knew that it was going to be something different than what you'd done before, but even though you weren't quite comfortable with it, as soon as you were presented with the risk, you knew that you were going to take it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so I am one of the pastors of a church now, and it was, I guess, six or seven months ago, we were like, hey, we are going to move into a new building, and we're going to have to rebuild this new building, basically. Mm. And it was definitely something different than I've had have ever done. I've never built a church before. Um, and then we, we did that. It was like, so it was, it was something, it was scary. It was, you know, we were like, don't know if we're actually going to be able to do this, but we're going to do it. So, and it was kind of a a team mindset even of like, here's a risk. We're all going to take it because we all want this. For sure. It was really cool. Just a couple months ago, I decided to apply for a job at, um, my school, the assistant resident director of the apartments at complex, which we call ARD. And I had no experience working in res life before. And I was a master's student and it's typically given to an undergraduate student, but it was a great opportunity. And I decided to just apply for it. So I didn't tell anybody cause I was afraid of failing, but then I realized that I wasn't telling anybody because I was afraid to fail. Then I didn't feel like that was a great thing. So I decided to just apply and tell a couple people and turns out I got the job and I'm super excited about it, but it was an opportunity that I just couldn't pass up, but it was incredibly risky cause I was technically on paper, not qualified, but I went for it and got it. That's an interesting thing right there. It's the issue of you being afraid to fail, but more than that, your thoughts about what other people are going to think and feel mm-hmm. about you yeah. if you fail. Definitely. You don't want to fail in front of people. Definitely. And Pat Flynn from episode 19, just a few episodes ago, he talked about that and he said that he wasn't really afraid to fail in front of his fans and his followers, mm-hmm. the people that listen to 
the content he created and, and, and follow him. And the reason that he wasn't concerned about his followers leaving him or being disappointed in him or whatever else if he failed is because he said they weren't following me for that thing. If they started following me because of who I was, then if I mess up along the way, it's not a huge deal. Right. Because he's he's more than that one situation. He's more than that one experience. And the important thing there is he he added this caveat. He said, as long as who I am doesn't change. Because the truth is there are things in our lives that we can do, and if we do them, they are really going to mess up our relationships. But oftentimes that's something that we do that is a total change from who we were in the past. Mm -hmm. So as long as we're staying the same person, having high integrity, and we mess up, people are okay with that. Yep. But make sure that you're staying who you were. You're not changing who you were when you're taking these risks. That brings up a, a really interesting concept, something that I, I want to look more into myself is Emily is is really big into taking risks and, and looking into opportunities and seeking opportunities out. And a lot of times that can be super scary because you are scared to fail because you don't know how it's going to end up in the end. So the question that I have about that is, is how, how do you as a leader, as you're seeking out those opportunities, what can you do to not be so scared yourself, right? To take those opportunities, to take those risks and everything, but also how can you how can you lead others into not being so scared of taking opportunities and risks? You know, how can you bring people through that without being scared or having that fear of failure and fear of the unknown? So first of all, how do you not be afraid of failure yep. and let that inhibit you? But then right. also, how do you, how do you help others be willing to try new things and fail if necessary? Right. Absolutely. I think I remind myself of risks that I've taken in the past and how they either worked out for me or turned out to not be that bad. Emily mentioned a little bit yeah. about how our worst case scenario in our heads typically isn't that big of a catastrophe. And we kind of hype it up to be more disastrous than it actually is going to be mm -hmm. reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think we already talked a little bit about taking risks personally. It's one of those things you really have to just prepare yourself for and, right. and really be open to the possibilities of the future because the likelihood that whatever future is in your head right now, the likelihood that that's going to happen to a T is right. very small. So be open to how things can develop. And if that means taking risks, mm -hmm. then, you know, be aware that that's part of the possibility. The, the other part of your question is really important. If you're a leader, how mm -hmm. do you encourage other people to take risks with you right. or take risks in their own lives? And that's super important because you might be a personality that is okay with taking risks. I would say that I'm more okay than a lot of people with mm -hmm. taking risks in my life. However, some people really don't like to do that. And sometimes people who don't like to take risks end up making smarter choices. But you need to make sure that you realize that other people are different yeah, and they don't have the same perceptions because sometimes if you're pushing people to respond just like you, then you can help them close off mm -hmm. or get really frustrated. So you really have to, I think, model it well. Right. And then also going back to episode 20 with Eric Maddox, he was talking about empathy-based listening and really seeking to understand other people. And if you're listening to understand other people's perspectives, then you can help to address their concerns a whole lot better and encourage them 
to see the positive benefits of taking risks in their own lives. Related to that, if you're going to help other people out, oftentimes you have to do so in a pretty strategic way. And one of the things I appreciated about the way that Emily has organized her education and her career Mm -hmm. is that even though she's changed things around, she's made a lot of very purposeful decisions so she can move in a general direction, even if that changes as far as where she's working and things like that. But that requires that you are a good goal setter. Not everyone is, though. So would you say that that you two are good goal setters, especially uh, thinking in terms of specific things you want to accomplish within a specific time frame? I would say that I am a good goal setter. I really enjoy making lists um, for the day, for the week, for the semester. Just a couple weeks ago, I sat down and made a list of everything that I want to do in the fall 2019 school semester. Academic goals, financial goals, wedding planning goals, just a an achievable list and measurable and a timely the fall 2019 semester of things that I want to accomplish. Sounds like you're uh, throwing in some of that smart goal language right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like smart goals are one of those things that people talk about all the time and it's just like a buzzword almost. But I, I don't usually carry the acronym around. I did write it down before because I thought it might come up. Uh, in case you're not aware of SMART goals, SMART is an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Timely. And it's an, it's an easy term to throw around. And I think that we do a really bad job of actually creating SMART goals. <laughs> a lot of people just kind of create pie-in-the-sky lists of things that they'd like to do in the future, and they never actually get around to accomplishing them, which is why it's so important to, even even if you're not calling them SMART goals, to actually mm-hmm. have goals that you can attain that you can measure that are within a specific time frame and not just say things that sound good. Um, I don't know that I'm a great goal setter, but I have met all of the goals that I've ever set. If that uh, makes sense. I would say that's uh, batting a hundred is really good. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, but like the, the way that I tend to, the way that I tend to work is like, I'll set big life goals, things that I want to do in my future. Okay. And that's, you know, it doesn't have to happen at a certain time. It doesn't have to, like, I'm awful at setting goals for the week. I'm terrible at that. Now, I have a to-do list, and, like, that's just, like, everyday stuff, in my opinion. It's not necessarily a goal. It's just things that I have to do for the week to survive. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, but, like, a big life goal would be to graduate with a PhD. Like, I want to do that one day. And I'm going to do that one day, one day being the keyword there, you know, it's like, I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know necessarily even when I'm going to start that, uh, because I've got a little bit of time before I can do that anyway. So that's, that's kind of where I, I float, I guess. Um, you get things done eventually. Yeah. 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 I get them done. And like, and it's, I don't let them just sit there. I'm not going to say that I'm going to get a PhD by the time, you know, I'm 50 cause I'm going to do it by the time I'm 27, probably like that's. Like, realistically, I'm going to do it before I'm 30. Yeah. Well, a lot of people will create those someday goals, and they'll never do them. So oh, yeah, that's good crazy. on you for <laughs> actually following through. <laughs> right, yeah. Because I, I, I feel the same way. There there are things long-term that I would like to do, but, you know, it really a lot of them depend on situations in right. life and things like that. Absolutely. So it's good to have those things out there, but you also need to make sure that you have the follow-up within right. you so that when the time comes, you don't say, ah, you know, then you start making excuses. <laughs> right. But one of the things that is important if you're going to be moving forward and setting goals in your life is to make sure that you have 
the right knowledge. Now, knowledge isn't enough. You have to actually follow that up with action. But sometimes if you don't have the knowledge you need, that keeps you from moving forward. So has there ever been a time that you didn't have the knowledge you needed to move forward to reach a goal in your life, whether it was in the short term or just something off in the distance like you're talking about, Cody? Mm -hmm. That's actually something I'm struggling with right now. It's relevant to me because right now I'm writing basically my master's thesis. Okay. And I am struggling so hard to actually write this thesis because I've got these big concepts. I've got the outline ready and ready to go and I'm ready to move forward with it. But like the details of it are really complicated. Yeah. And like I don't know all of the details. Okay. So I'm super hesitant to actually like move forward. You know, like that's that's something I've got to do is basically just like as you're there, as you uh, like you're saying, like once you understand, once you once you have your knowledge, then it's easy to move forward. Um, so it's just it's one of those things you just got to sit down and hash through the details and then move forward through it. I think I'm in a similar spot of not knowing a lot of details about the stage of life I'm getting ready to move into of post grad and not really knowing about where I'm going to live or what job I'm going to do or not knowing how car payments work or insurance and kind of being on do my them. own. That's one thing I would recommend, <laughs> right? Um, but trying to figure out all of those details and not really knowing, but knowing that I'm just going to jump right in. And I know that, you know, it'll all work out, but just kind of feeling overwhelmed by the knowledge that I don't have. Yeah. And, and knowledge can be one of those things that keeps you from moving the direction you need to go. But there are a number of other things in our lives that keep us from acting and keep us from doing the things that we need to do. So as you think back, I, I assume that you've procrastinated in the past in your lives. Is that accurate? <laughs> Absolutely. We have some very proactive people in this world, but generally, generally people procrastinate for certain things. Besides a lack of knowledge, are there things in your lives that you can think of that kind of keep you from doing what you need to do? Not really. I think lack of knowledge is like the number one thing for me that, that keeps me from moving forward. Like just the unknown. I don't know what to expect. I don't necessarily know how to go about a situation. And it's not until I sit down and get started that I'm like, oh, this is actually not going to be so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Allie, anything for you? I think mostly just the fear of failing kind of keeps me from being proactive, but I'm not really a procrastinator. I tend to be pretty proactive and have the self-motivation to get it done. But if it is something that I'm trying to hold up, it's typically just because I'm scared of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and those those things go hand in hand, I think. The the lack of knowledge and the fear of failure or the fear of whether or not you can complete something, those two are definitely closely connected. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to tell which is which because I will definitely procrastinate. And it's not just because I don't know what to do, <laughs> right. but I also know that I'm not going to fail. But it's more like that intermediate, right. like I, you, you don't want to fail and so that you don't really want to get started, even though you know that right. once you get started, you're going to do fine. Right. It, it, there's, there's this interesting balance between the two, but... Definitely, if you want to make sure that you are able to get things done in your life, make sure that you know what you need to know, and also that you're not afraid of messing up or doing something in a way that's less than perfect. Right. And I think one of the best ways to kind of to get past all of that is kind of like Emily was talking about, that half of life is just showing up. That's just been kind of my motto for most of my life is, is show up and show out. And that's it. Like, that's... It's a good epitaph Every, right there. Yeah, right. I know. It's, it's fantastic. Like, yeah, I mean, just just keep showing up. And the more the more often you keep showing up, you, you know, you're going to fail. That's a thing. It happens to everybody. It's going to happen. Um, but l the more you fail, the the less it hurts, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but also it creates new opportunities. Every time you fail is a new opportunity to get better. Absolutely. Um, so just keep showing up. And that's... And the more you show up, the higher 
the higher the chances are that you succeed. Absolutely. Emily said that she realized as she was in college studying in Shanghai that finance was not an area of life that was always ethical, which I think any area of life can be unethical. So it's not just finance, but there's certainly a lot of opportunities to do things with other people's money, which can be tempting if you're the wrong person. But was there ever a time, was there ever a situation in your life where the reality of the situation set in and it was a lot different than what you had expected? And if so, how did you respond? Because sometimes we come in with high expectations. We think things are going to be perfect. Then we realize they're not. And how we respond from there tells a lot about us. Last summer, I applied to do an internship at a large financial advising company, not the Motley Fool. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was, as I was going through the interview process, they painted this really pretty picture of how successful interns are going to be and how wonderful of a corporation it was. And I was super excited um, and went to a couple of days of training. And that was great. But then as I got into the job, I realized that it was not at all what they had painted it to be. And it was not going to be that successful. And just that the way they wanted their interns to operate and like the customers they were asking them to seek out didn't really set well with me. Um, And because of that, I decided to step away from the internship about a month and a half in, which I don't regret doing. Um, I was always raised to finish what you start, but it was a situation where I didn't feel like I could move forward and wasn't comfortable with the business that they were doing and removed myself from the situation. And now I know an industry that I don't want to go into and yeah. a company that I don't want to be a part of. Check one off the list. <laughs> right. <Yep>. 1,000 others. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And it can be difficult when the values and the lessons we've been taught all our lives butt up against a different reality. And you have Definitely. to kind of figure out how, how do you how do you handle this situation? Because it's not necessarily quite as cut and dry as right. you maybe had thought. Yeah. Um, so right now, I'm actually, the job that I have now was kind of painted before I got here as like pretty much the perfect job. Uh, like they were like, Oh, you're only going to have to work like three days a week. You're going to get paid a lot of money and it's really good and blah, blah, blah. And like, and there are like, there are situations where that's true, but I learned pretty quickly that that's not going to be the case for me, uh, for pretty much any reason ever. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so, but like, I mean, either way, like I get to go in, I get to have a good time working. The people there are fantastic. So it's, I don't, I don't focus on what kind of they started saying at the very beginning as I was in the interview process and all this other stuff. They were like, it's like they said all of that just to get me there and then didn't follow through with it. Hmm. I don't, it's like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not focusing on that. I'm focusing on, I'm in a good place right now. I've got good coworkers. I've got a, a good job. It's, it's a really fun job. Ultimately, it's just not all the, bells and whistles that they were saying. And that that's a great point because almost everything in life that we are initially attracted to is not going to be as good as we expected. Right. But when you're there, the question is, Allie, in your case, things weren't, weren't meshing with your values. That's probably a good time to exit if possible, right. if, if and when possible. Right. Cody, in your situation, mm-hmm. you had this, you had this amazing picture painted before you, you got there. The right. reality wasn't what you expected it to be, but it was still a good situation. Right. And you can say, hey, you guys didn't, you know, <laughs> right. you guys didn't tell the truth. And all of a sudden, you know, you've burned bridges and you're gone. Right. When you turned your back on a great opportunity. Right. And so thinking about how you're going to respond when reality isn't what you expected, which is going to be all the time. 
is very important yep. as you move forward in your life. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and go to our key takeaways for the day. If you could highlight a few things for the listeners from this interview, what would those things be? Cody? My two big things still are, you know, take risks, take the opportunities, go seek out opportunities, um, hustle hard and, and, and move forward. And hustle, the, that, that millennial word right there. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, get on the grind, right? But also half of life is just showing up, like just show up, get started and do it every day. Be consistent with it. Allie, how about you? I really like that Emily encouraged her listeners and those younger than her to seek out opportunity and not be afraid to take chances and just jump on opportunity because every opportunity is a chance to either fail or succeed. And the more you take, the more you're going to succeed ultimately. Um, I also liked how she pointed out to reach out, even if it's just to learn. And even if an opportunity is just to learn more about something, like in my case, I learned something I didn't want to do and it was a good thing. I yeah. didn't have to take that job full time. It was just an intern. It was easy to remove myself. So in that case, not being afraid to reach out to people, even if it's just to learn about what they're doing. That's a good word. Yeah. And I have three takeaways. The first is what Cody's already said, but start off by just showing up and going slow may not always be the most fun, but it's a lot better than not going at all, which right. is one of the things that she mentioned in the end with her Chinese saying that I'm not going to try to <laughs> pronounce, <laughs> but, but it's a whole lot better to go slow than to not go at all. Second, if there are things that you don't currently know about and it's bothering you, figure out a way to teach yourself, whatever that thing is. Don't let a lack of knowledge be what holds you back. And then finally, take risks. This is the action part. You have the knowledge, so take action uh, because action is the next step after knowledge. And when you compare the two knowledge and action together, they kind of help each other out because the more you know, the more you want to do something. And the more you do something, the more you realize that you need to know more. Right. So if you can get in this this spiral where you're always learning and doing yep. and becoming better, then that's going to be a valuable life. Well, Allie, Cody, thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. It's thank been good. You. Thanks for joining the show this week. I hope you learned something new and feel more prepared to take leadership in your own life to the next level. If you found this content valuable and would like to help out the podcast, here are three things you can do. One, subscribe to the podcast so you'll get new episodes each week as they come out. Two, share this episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And three, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. All three of these actions will help to make it easier for others to find us and join the community. You can never have too many good leaders, right? Until next time... Keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So 
What's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.